Thanks for tuning in to The Happiness Playbook, a podcast where we explore the why and how of happiness. I'm your host, Neil Hooper, and I just wanted to remind you that life is a team sport, so let's play together. I am very excited and honored to introduce our guest today. Jason Rogers is a dear friend of mine who I've known for years, and he is a never-ending source of vibrant energy. He is the fountain of youth, and I, very selfishly, keep him around in my circle so that I can glean from his optimistic and bright light. Jason has done so many things in the time he's been here on this floating rock in space. A few of those things are he is the author of Social, The Power of Relationships, which is a great book about connecting with others in personal and professional settings and the power of relationships. You can buy it on Amazon, and we will link that in the show notes so you can check that out. He has also created and owned several businesses and has regularly been a part of creative communities. Jason is in his element when he is producing a video, celebrating with a social community, hiking a mountaintop, or carving a hill on a longboard, which I have had the honor of doing uh, with him several times. And he is so good at applying play theory, and I cannot wait to dive into some topics today with my dear friend, Jason Rogers. Please welcome my fellow spreader of happiness and light, Jason Rogers. Hi, guys. I'm glad to be here. That was a a great introduction, man. Thanks. I was just spitting facts there, man. I'm really excited (laughs) to have you on here. We've got a lot of things to talk about. Um, You're such a multifaceted and talented person, and there's so many angles we could take. What did I miss in the intro that you want people to know about you? Well, I've been mostly focused on a career in filmmaking and just been enjoying life more than anything. Okay, so I want to clarify too, a while back, and I want to make sure I'm using the term appropriately, but acro yoga, is that a thing? And are you doing that? And if so, please share. Oh, for sure. I've been doing less of acro yoga recently because of COVID. It kind of limits the uh, opportunities to go hang out with people. But acro yoga is basically yoga with a partner. And you're doing different acrobatic moves with the partner. Acrobats tend to do a lot of fast movements. And um, the for acro yoga, acro yoga is more of a slow, fluid movements where you have a partner, you have a base and a flyer, and the base is the person who a uh, majority of tiny time is laying on their back, supporting the flyer as the flyer is doing different yoga poses in the air. Wow. And you are the base, I imagine, when you're Most doing time, this. Yes. But I can okay. do either or. It depends on if there's a base um, nice. stronger than I am. <laughs> that's so cool and did don't you go i remember you invited me a while back i and that was before um you know covid came back with a vengeance and gave us all the left hook but um you you i mean you go to the park and you just see a bunch i'm envisioning this and it's magical a bunch right. of people doing acro yoga in the park uh, socially distancing of course um <laughs> is that uh is that the visual i mean is that accurate i'm seeing all That's these accurate. like i came across it because i listened to another podcast by um oh, what was the dude who wrote the four-hour work week um 
Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss. Thank you. He's really into acro yoga. And I came across, okay. I signed up for a rock climbing gym and they were teaching an acro yoga class there. I was like, oh, I got to check this out. And I fell in love with it the first day. I mean, like this is, I've always been a very flexible person as a child. I love gymnastics and I wanted to be a gymnast, but gymnasts, you, you kind of need um, money and my family didn't have a lot of money. So that dream kind of fell away. But acro yoga kind of re-sparked it and and it helped me see that there's other ways to to uh be a gym like a gymnast that also is social one of the struggles as a child too is a gymnast is a personal sport and it's really hard to use it to be social in the social settings because a lot of people can't stand on their hands and walk around or do backflips uh, and you can, and it's a cool party trick, but it only gets you so far with people. With acro yoga, it's completely flipped it around. That skill set of mine becomes a huge asset, uh, and because everyone needs a strong base who's flexible, who can help them um, look good. In fact, it goes to that you look outward to make sure other people look good. And as the base, that's my job is I look outward and I make sure people are um, the person, the flyer is stable and has the support she or he needs to, to do the, the pose, you know, here we go. We're already diving into the principles here. Look outward, make your partner look good in acro yoga. That is awesome. And there's, I mean, there's a great deal of trust that's involved as well, right? I mean, you oh, want to, yeah. because I mean, I imagine in some of the more advanced uh, maneuvers, it's, um, they could potentially be dangerous if your base isn't strong or coordinated or you, you're not in tune. Is that accurate? That's accurate. Oh yeah. And it's also a challenge for the base if the, um, if a flyer doesn't trust you, like I, there's been occasions where the the flyer was really fairly easy to fly except for the fact that she had no confidence so any mm. movement she would like wig out and then it's just really difficult to manage and and support that if that if you know what i mean so it's yeah, like well, a lot about trusting and making sure that that you have the a flexibility to to give them that trust and this is a principle that's really important, too, that we're applying here. I mean, so that's let go and play, right? That's making sure you're leaving your comfort zone and, and just boldly moving forward. And it's interesting. I remember learning how to snowboard for the first time. And my instructor told me, he said, you're hesitating. And I was like, and I said, yes, that's because I'm nervous about falling over and getting hurt. And he said, you may not realize this. This was, this was so good. It stuck with me for years. He said, you may not realize this, but your hesitation, fearing the pain is actually making it more likely for you to experience that pain. And that hesitation gives you wobbles and then you fall over. And he said, you need to be confident and that will prevent you from falling over. And oh, that yeah. stuck with me. Sounds like it applies here as well. Oh, that applies everywhere. Like, whatever you fear comes upon you. And I've, I've found that again and again and again. And it's all about acknowledging the fear, not ignoring it, but accepting it. You know, like this is how I fear, feel about this situation or this person. And then allowing it to, that emotion to just 
be there as you move forward. You know, it's like, it's okay to feel that way, but I still want to do this. So I'm now accepting the consequences of moving forward that the possibility of this fear might happen, but I'm okay with that. I'm willing to move forward, you know, and just like be able to breathe through that. It helps in so many different situations. You know, here we are, we have the author of social, the power of relationships. And I just want to ask you, how does play theory, which you mention actually in your book. I do. um, Yeah. And and quite extensively. And so I want to give you a chance to just enlighten us. How does play theory really empower you to build relationships and, and flex that social muscle? It's really the core of being social because being social is all about being present, letting go of all your fears and worries and just allowing yourself to play, which means to experiment with ways of saying things, to to be silly, to allow yourself to make mistakes and say stupid things <laughs> and, and being okay with that, accepting and building your opportunities, uh, uh, the people around you. Uh, which is also another way of, uh, of like looking outward, you know, you have to have those first two before you can then have the second two. So the first two are a very inward um, state of uh, state of mind. It's the way you're thinking of yourself, of like being present and letting go and play while the other two are, are thinking outward of accepting the people around you and building on what they say or do and then looking outward of making sure that they look good. I love that. And I couldn't agree more. Play theory is all about connection. It's all about creation. It's all about confidence and and fulfillment. And it totally applies. And I love how you dive into that in your book. So please go check that out. Um, And if you want to learn more, uh, very, very good book there. Let's transition here now because... Jason, you are an avid traveler with a serious case of wanderlust. (laughs) um, Anyone who's followed Jason on social media knows um, this was a while back that you did. You did this, but you took three thousand dollars and traveled for nine months. You went through Mm -hmm. New Zealand, Australia, France and Belgium. And then you spent some time in Hawaii as well. So. You, you got out and you saw the world on a, on a budget. You filmed some of it and had these amazing experiences. We touched on this a little bit, but specifically now during that experience and that adventure, how did play theory help you connect with people and, and help you thrive during that season of life? I think I want to dive into like each one individually it's just and, and give you an example of how each step of play theory helped me through that journey. Please. So, the the trick of traveling the world with less than three thousand dollars because it was i say three thousand dollars because it was a little bit more than the two thousand two thousand dollar credit card that i had like when i left i only had like three hundred dollars in the bank and my two thousand dollar credit card and i made a little bit of money on the way and then i had a few friends and family that then also um funded like supported me in the journey gave me a few things here and there but for the most part the whole trip was was supported off of my credit card. <laughs> that's, <laughs> so, that's pretty lean, man. It was so lean. I was it was crazy. I wouldn't recommend it for most people because it's it is a uh, a huge exercise of of emotional endurance of being able to accept the worst case scenario and being okay with it. 
like when you're traveling, the worst case scenario is having no money and sleeping on the side of the street, which happened a few times for me. And, wow. and when you can accept that, that that's going to be the worst case and almost be excited about it because that's where I, I became. Like I got really excited in the fact that I might actually have to sleep on the side of the road. But it's all yeah. about being present. It's all about making sure that you're grateful for that moment of whatever's happening. And that's that's the best way that I found of, of to describe being present is is to start with your gratitudes. It's a matter of just listening all the things that you're grateful for until you're able to step into gratitude completely and just be in the moment. And that's really what traveling is all about. It's like people who want to travel, they want to experience new things. And to experience new things, you have to be in the moment. I went a week without my phone because it, it stopped working. And so I was getting a new one. But it was interesting talking about being present. I remember having these moments day to day that I was so used to getting out my phone to capture that it was actually distracting me from the moment. And I didn't realize this until that experience, but so often I am more concerned about capturing the moment or I'm, I'm somewhere else and these moments are passing by. And when you can really ground yourself in the moment, that is game changing. It is, it is life changing to do that. And um, I'm sure that is uh, something you got really good at when you were out there traveling around through those countries. There was many times where I was really worried about where I was going to spend that night, um, where I was going to find my next meal. Uh, so it was honestly very scary in many situations. The hardest part is really the letting go of all those worries and fears and just playing. One of the situations that happened for me, I was in New Zealand and I was working for this gentleman who had a clothing store. I managed one of his stores for him and then he provided an apartment for me. There was apartment that he was building for me and then there was apartment that I was staying at currently and the apartment that was being built was almost done but not quite done and the other apartment we no longer were able to stay there. So there I didn't have a place to stay for this throughout this certain particular day. And then I had an employee at the time in the store that was managing that for that day, which meant I didn't have to be there. In fact, there was this little old lady who didn't want me there. She, I made her nervous. So, um, so I just was, so I basically felt like I couldn't just hang out in the store all day. And so I went and hung out at this coffee shop, just working on my computer, um, editing the next video that I wanted to post. And around four o'clock, um, everything closes in New Zealand, four to five o'clock. And this coffee, this the the coffee owner, the owner of the store, came out and basically kicked me out of the shop. He's like, I, I wasn't even in the shop; I was outside. <laughs> and he's like, "We're closing," and he just like picks up the the table and uh, and tries anyway, almost tries to like kick my uh, throw my laptop off the table. And Whoa! It's a, it triggered a moment in me where. Uh, a, we all kind of have traumas in our lives, right? Traumas that prevent us from from letting go and play. It, traumas are. I, I've been reading this book recently called "The Body Keeps the Score." And very good book. Man, such a great book. And he basically explain, explains that traumas 
are basically any events that we we uh, have felt hopeless or or I mean helpless in the past in situations that potentially could kill us, you know, or they felt that threatening. And one of my biggest fears was always being um, unloved, you know, unwanted and unloved. It was really hard to, because there were so many times as a child that I was rejected by friends, uh, I had door, door slammed in my face. And, and so I, and there's, there's these key moments that have created this fear in me and at this moment, this fear triggered inside me, and I was—I felt very alone, very much unloved and unwelcomed anywhere in the world. <laughs> and it wasn't—it wasn't true, but in the moment, it felt true to me. So it was a matter of um, processing that trauma. I made a video about this one, of explaining where, uh, how how we handle situations like this. And for me, it was a matter of after all I could think about of like how I could have made the situation better and realizing that there really isn't any way, any, any way I could have made it better and, and just letting go of that responsibility and going, you know, it's all right. And then striving to remember the moments when I did feel loved and accepted allowed wow. me to pull back in and, and let go, you know, pull back into being present and letting go of the past and just being there. So I went and took a walk on the beach, and that's where I was able to find my presence again and find an opportunity to play and and kind of enjoy the travel again. Trauma is such a a tricky and challenging thing because there is, you know, it leaves its mark, and it does. It's hard to not. Um, you can't just ignore it, you know, but just like anything, you can strengthen the muscles, the emotional muscles and that mental endurance in order to be able to work through the trauma and to, to overcome it, right? Some mm -hmm. trauma you could argue, um, can't be overcome, but it can always be worked through and, right. And play theory is a muscle. It, happiness is a skill. And although trauma can be a setback, just as you shared with us, presence, mindfulness, meditation, yoga, anything that grounds you in reality in that current moment is a very powerful way to, to begin to work on that emotional resilience and that, that mental strength to be able to, um, to come through on the other side. So I love that you shared that. One of the key ways of traveling on a really small budget is looking for opportunities to exchange services for a place to stay and food to eat. And there's this um, amazing, there's a handful of different online communities. My favorite one was workaway.info, where you basically exchange work for room and board. And that's, it's all about like, accepting whatever situation you're in and then building on it. I worked at the clothing store in New Zealand, uh, also stayed at a family's house and painted their house and maintained their, their yard, uh, milked cows on a dairy farm. Then wow. in Australia, I worked on a horse farm for a month and, and then maintained another family's house 
for a little while. And then in New Zealand, I'm not New Zealand, um, so New Zealand, Australia, France. France, I spent time at different bed and breakfasts, helping them basically clean up after the guests, chopped wood, clean fixed roofs. It was So there's like all these different things that I, I did all around the world for people. And it's all about listening to what is it that they need and then providing that service to make sure that you provide some form of value in their life. And that's just like a, a work agreement, like a work relationship, but there you also have just normal conversations where you, if you can accept what they give you in a, in a normal conversation and build on it, um, it helps in so many different ways. Like if someone's like really quiet and they don't know how to carry on a conversation, then if you know how to step up and carry the conversation yourself where you know how to talk about your passions and you talk about them for a little bit, ask them a few questions, see where their passions are. If they give you short answers, then you still basically build off of those short answers of anything they give you. You compliment it, you, and then you add to it like, oh, that reminds me of a time I did this or I struggled with this or I was able to overcome this, you know, and it, and, and you control, the person who's talking controls the energy of the room or the conversation. So if you can maintain a strong com uh, emotion, you can focus on a particular emotion. My favorite one is passion and joy and gratitude. Those are the three that if I'm talking uh, in a conversation, I'm leading the group, then I focus on those. Like anything that brings me joy, brings me passion that I'm grateful for, I'll end up talking about that looking outward is thinking, how can I make this person look good? How can I help them? Or what can I contribute to the group? It's like looking outward is thinking of those around you and helping them in the best way you know, like the best way you know how. And some people struggle with that because they, they're so caught up in their own like fears of looking bad or they or they don't know how to let go of what they need to help someone else for just a moment. I have friends that I hang out with on occasion and we have conversations, but the conversation always steers into what they're struggling with and how life is hard and miserable for them. Um, and they're so caught up on their own woes that they don't have the capacity to look outward and see how I'm doing. I mean, I still, I'm being, ta being tactful, I still can like throw in a few things here and there of like, this is how I feel, but it's not really what they're looking for. They're looking for someone to listen. And being the person looking outward, that's what I provide. But it's, it's crucial that if you want to have better relationships in your life, to, to be able to let go of all the struggles that you're having for just a moment and really ask someone how they're feeling or or invite them to some type of event or activity or invite them into a joy of your life. That is so good. And the power behind let go and play that you're hitting on here is anytime we are looking inward, any inward focus, emotionally, socially, whatever, prevents action and mm. prevents progress. Whether it's 
worrying about others will think of you and how that will make you feel and look, right? That's inward focus. That will prevent you from acting and taking, uh, making decisions and moving forward and progressing. Whether that's pride or putting yourself above others, whether that's low self-esteem, arrogance, you know, all of these things are inwardly focused and they all prevent progress and development and growth and connection. And so that's why look outward is such a pivotal and crucial ingredient here in the play theory pie. Uh, and I love that you touched on that. Thank you so much for diving in there. What an adventure, man. We're going to have to post um, a video or two from that in the show notes so people can see some of the times you had. It sounds like there were some highs and lows. What a, what a life-changing experience that must've been for you. Best way to describe it. Very life-changing. I came back home from that experience completely different. It gave me a, a deeper gratitude for the simplest things in life. It was definitely a life-changing event. Uh, a lot of ups and downs. I came back a completely different person. And I look back on it as almost at least once a day. And it's been uh, like five years since I made this trip around the world. Uh, and it's still something that I look back on uh, mostly with fond memories. Like it was an amazing experience. I recommend it if if someone has the the desire and the courage to try it, I say go for it. You'll experience everything there is when it comes to life <laughs> when you travel like that. So there's the comfort zone, the growth zone and the panic zone. <laughs> and so I'm sure there were, you spent time mostly in the growth and, and sometimes the uh, panic zone, but yeah, yeah. that's not oh, something for the faint of heart. Let's roll into our next question here. So we, we've touched on a lot of different things. You're a traveler and entrepreneur, web designer, video producer, acro yoga enthusiast, hiker, longboarder, graphic artist, and on and on the list goes. You have so many different, um, ventures and experiences that you've had. And so what I'm curious to know is how does the play theory principle of let go and play specifically help you live life more abundantly? We, we fear failure, right? And so we don't have that courage to step outside of our comfort zone and to try new things. And I think you're such a great example of that. You are, you are let go and play to me because I just look at you, you know, you started a longboarding company, you, you know, you travel around the world, you're a video producer, you're directing things like you're, you're just all over the place. And it's so awesome to see that um, because I think a lot of us, we, we limit our, our potential because we don't let go and play. And so I'm just curious if you have any insights on how doing that, how letting go and playing in your life, even professionally, if you want to take it from that perspective. Um, how it's how it's benefited you. I have done a lot of different things, yes. But the struggle for me is actually limiting myself. Or I know that's uh, I'm using the word differently here, of knowing what my strengths are and making sure that I focus on those strengths. There's a lot of different weaknesses that we can get caught up on, and we tend to try to improve those weaknesses. And yes, there are different weaknesses that if we can just improve them uh, we can excel dramatically in life like go and play in a career focus is a matter of letting go of all your weaknesses and focusing on your strengths and making sure that you yes. develop your strengths in a way that 
that expressing them brings you joy and and allowing yourself to make mistakes in that arena of life and it's for me i have done a lot of different things but i've also focused down on what is um what is it that i want to do and what does done look like and and i only focus on one or two things at a time until i can accomplish the the done um place of it because it's you can't accomplish everything at once and if you try to then you'll never accomplish anything in life so it's a matter of deciding on what for me it was it was deciding on what i wanted to focus on that year and and setting out to accomplish that and and defining exactly what done looks like if we don't define what done looks like then we get caught up and depressed on the on trying to accomplish it because we never know what done is for example was the the book i wrote social the power of relationships so when i set out to write the book my goal done for me was getting it published and making sure that it was available for anyone who wanted to buy it that was done and as i was getting close to that finish line i was starting to um like i done became very foggy for me i was like well if i have this book i need to now market the book and to do marketing i need to have a website and to have a website and have a way of marketing it, I also probably should set to put together a podcast. I mean, like the list went on and on to the point where I started to become overwhelmed because it no longer had an end. To find my joys again and to find happiness in life, I had to let go of that responsibility of, you know, I don't need to market this book right now. The, the book is done. I accomplished what I wanted. And I'm ready to focus on something else in my life. Jason, this has been amazing. I am so grateful to have had you on and uh, dive deep into these principles, hear some stories and learn from you and how to apply these principles. That is what we're about here at the Happiness Playbook is taking the principles of happiness and applying them. And you've given us so much to work with. So thank you so much. We have one more question for you that we ask every guest, and that is, what is your pro tip for applying play theory in your day-to-day life? Gratitude. Like if you can find yourself back into gratitude or bring yourself back to gratitude, that is the, uh, the foundation where everything begins. It's like if you can be grateful for the moment, then that gives you the opportunity to then let go and play, which then gives you the mental energy to think outward and to ex- accept and build the, the life that you, you want. I love that. Gratitude is a superpower. And you, my friend, are a superhero in that regard. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for coming on, Jason. This has been awesome. Thanks. It was great to be here, man. Thanks for joining us on the Happiness Playbook, brought to you by Play Theory. As always, remember that happiness is a skill and life is a team sport. Catch you next week.